Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Before we get into this week's random thoughts, it occurred to me after doing last week's podcast that many of you only know this as a podcast format. But I've been doing the written version of Random Thoughts for approximately eight years, and all I do is review the Winnipeg Jets from the previous week with the odd note here and there on the NHL. For, for those of you listening on strictly the podcast for now, I want to let you know that I'm a huge Jets fan, but I'm not a cheerleader. I write about what I see, whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly, but I'll try to be fair. In saying that, let's get into this week's. So, number one, the NHL trade deadline is this Friday at 2 p.m. Manitoba time. The charts on top of the page show the Jets' current draft picks, what they have available. Plus, it shows the current cap space the Jets have available on deadline day, which sits right now at approximately $4.6 million. TSN insider Pierre Lebrun confirmed that the Winnipeg Jets had talked to San Jose about Timo Meyer but New Jersey, Vegas, and Carolina were the front runners to acquire him. But that's all a moot point since he was traded to New Jersey on Sunday. Number two. Just when you think it couldn't get any worse for the Winnipeg Jets, they have a week where they go 1-3-0, and they didn't score an even-strength goal for nine straight periods to end the week. Actually, the Jets only have nine even-strength goals in the whole month of February. You know, I find that hard to stomach, and so did the fans that booed them off the ice yesterday. The Jets are in a free fall right now, and I'm not sure what the answer is. You know, their record currently sits at 35-24-3, and and they sit in the first wildcard spot. But they have lots of company now after going 3-5 and in February, and there's a lot more teams back in the race. Number three. Players like Kevin Stenlin, Carson Kuhlman, Sacco Manalainen, Axel Johnson-Fialbi and Sam Gagne, who were pretty good earlier in the year, have done basically nothing for two months. Right now is the time when we need real hockey players, not a bunch of cast-offs and waiver-wire pickups. We're not getting much scoring from the top six guys, but the bottom six guys have done nothing. It's not unusual for players to go in prolonged slumps. It happens to everybody. But have you ever seen a whole team that's gone dry at the same time. It's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Listen to these numbers. Adam Lowry, 33 games without a goal. Saku Manalainen, 21 games without a goal. Morgan Barron, 18 games without a goal. Kevin Stenlin, 12 games without a goal. Carson Kuhlman, 11 games without a goal. That's unreal. I must admit a couple of these guys have really fooled me. Is this group of players snake bit? Or are they just maybe not very good hockey players? Eh, maybe the truth lays somewhere in between. Number four. <laughs> I write, considering the funk that the Jets are in right now, I'm not really looking forward to seeing Connor McDavid and the Jets play twice this week. It could be real ugly. Number five. When Mason Appleton is in your top six forwards, I think you know it's time for a trade. I like Appleton on Lowry's line. But this is a guy that was struggling to get ice time on a second-year expansion team. Let that marinate for a few minutes. Appleton played 15 minutes and 17 seconds on Sunday, and I didn't even notice him. 
I mean, because you're not a top six player doesn't mean you're a bad player. It just means you're slotted in the wrong spot. In number six, I posted a poll question. How many trades will Kevin Sheveldayoff make before the NHL trade deadline? And the choices were one or two, two or three, three or four, four or more, or none. Well, we know it's not none because he's made a trade. We'll talk about that a little later. But moving on to number seven. The Winnipeg Jets are ranked number three in the NHL with shots that missed the net. Does this surprise anybody? I know it's so frustrating. You see these, they get these grade A chances and not even a shot on goal. And my biggest pet peeve is the Jets don't seem to score on a lot of rebound goals because they just don't hit the net. They, uh, they're, out, they're picking corners. You know, and maybe this is a product of them pressing and trying to score the perfect goal. And at this time of the year when goals are hard to come by and your team's struggling to score, maybe it's just time to simplify, get shots on goal, crash the crease, hope for a cheapie, anything. But missing the net, and especially on grade A chances, can't continue. In number eight, I take a look at the Winnipeg guys. Man, are they on a heater. Right now they're on a 10-game winning streak, and they've run their record to 47-7-1. and and still sit number one in the CHL. And right now, they're the Winnipeg team playing the best hockey by a mile. In random thought number nine, I write, Adam Lowry's goalless drought is now at 33 games and counting. And in capital letters, I write, unacceptable, no excuses, unacceptable. Adam Lowry is too good a hockey player to have not scored in 33 games. And he's a big part of this Jets team. He's got to get going. In number 10, I write, I see Cole Smurfetti is injured again. Nobody can ever pinpoint where and when he gets hurt. It seems like any hit and he's out. And this is what happens when you have an undersized center that's forced to play on the wing. There's no doubt that Perfetti's a skilled player, but there's a lot to be said for durability as well. Perfetti isn't far enough into his NHL career to have missed so many games. Actually, you can put David Gustafson and Nikolai Ehlers into the same category. What's up with David Gustafson? Is this guy made of glass? The Gus bus is still in the shop for repairs. But back to Cole Perfetti. I'm not saying that small players can't play in the NHL, but Cole Perfetti isn't exactly the most gifted skater, and asking a smallest player that doesn't have the elusiveness uh, to protect themselves along the wall is a big ask. And right now, I'm not even sure if Cole Perfetti can play center. That's also a pretty tough assignment for him to go against some of these big centers in the league. But the Jets drafted him as a center, so they may as well play him as a center. Because if he's going to have any longevity in this league, they got to get him off the wall. Number 11. Chevy made a much-needed move on Saturday, trading next year's second-round pick to Nashville for forward Nino Niederreiter. But it made me wonder, was this trade already in the works, or was it a reaction to the Colt Perfetti injury? Either way, it's a solid move and a good start. But Chevy's work's not done. I believe he needs to add at least two more forwards. Number 12 is another poll question. Will Vili Hainola be a Winnipeg Jet after the trade deadline? Yes or no? My gut reaction is, is that Vili Hainola will be a frustrated member of the Manitoba Moose for another year. Number 13 reads, There was a time I believed that this Winnipeg Jets team was built for the playoffs, but I think that ship has sailed. I'm not saying this Jets team can't win in the playoffs, 
I'm just saying the way they are currently constructed, they don't strike a lot of fear into the hearts of anybody. They play a soft perimeter game, and right now when you're not scoring, that soft perimeter game's not really working. Of course, this is based on their current roster. Who knows what Chevy will add come trade deadline day. And the addition of Nino Niederreiter will help this. He's a big body 6'2-ish, uh, pushing 220 pounds that plays a north-south game. He'll go to the net and he likes to shoot. So that's a step in the right direction and should help. But let's get one thing straight. Niederreiter isn't the messiah and one player is not going to make all that much of a difference. It's going to take a total commitment from the whole team to, to play a harder game and compete more. I mean, that's all anybody asks is compete. You know down the stretch and come playoff team that everybody's going to up their game. And the question is, can the Jets match it? Number 14 is my weekly question for one of the brass. Today's question is for Coach Rick Bonus. Who is on your wish list when it comes to trade deadline acquisitions? And is there anybody on your old Dallas team that you think could be available? Number 15 is a look at our special teams. The power play is sitting at 14th in the league at 21.5, but that's it's dropped quite a bit, and it's uh, it's it's not winning us any hockey games, that's for sure. Uh, the penalty kill sitting at second in the league at 84.7%. That's probably one of the few bright lights and the most consistent part of the Jets team this year. And like I said last week, if I was going to have one or the other, I mean, of course you'd like to have both, but I would prefer to have a better penalty kill than power play because you don't get a lot of special teams in the playoffs or you shouldn't after the first round. So I'll take the good PK any day. And then face-offs has been a disappointment all year. And the Jets are sitting at 24th in the league. Number 16, we look at the Jets' goaltenders. Connor Halbuck's numbers are still real, real solid. And on paper, David Riddick's numbers don't look too bad. But I didn't like two of the goals he let in versus Columbus. And I really hated two of the goals he let in Sunday afternoon against the Islanders. Um, that's another thing we're going to get at. I can't figure out why uh, why Bones started Riddick in that game. There was no need for it. But, uh, you know, goaltending overall has been good this year. Hellebuck has been excellent. Riddick has been serviceable, but definitely not my favorite backup that we've had over the past few years. Number 17 is my weekly look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not a lot of good this week, but the one thing that has been good and been consistent the whole year has been the penalty kill. It's really the only positive thing that's happening with this team right now, along with the goaltending of Connor Hellebuck. He's having another Vezina quality year. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll be a nominee. Not sure he's going to win it because Linus Allmark in Boston is lights out this year. But uh, Helly is <laughs> is and has been the savior for the past few years. And I'm not even sure where this team would be without them. It's, it's a scary thought, isn't it? Now we move on to the bad. And for me, this is a head scratcher. Rick Bonus's decision to start David Riddick on Sunday versus the Islanders. For me, it made no sense. Like, what the, f- what the hell are they saving Helly for? He played two periods on Saturday night versus Colorado and got hung out to dry. So for me, and probably every Jets fan out there, it was basically a no-brainer for him to get back in it on Tuesday against the Islanders. I don't know if Bones was trying to send the team a message or what the hell he was doing, but that has to be one of the bonehead plays of all time. You got a Vezda caliber goaltender sitting there on two and a half days rest. Why the hell wouldn't you use him? To me, that's the uh, the epitome of overcoaching or underthinking or something. But somebody on that coaching staff, including the goalie coach or the assistants, 
had to give uh, Rick Bonus a tap on the shoulder and said, WTF you doing? Because that was ridiculous, a poor call, and it cost us a hockey game. The ugly last week was basically just a continuation of their play in February. You know, it's just, it's maddening, but do you realize that the Jets in the whole month of February have scored nine even strength goals? If I have to listen to Craig Button on TSN talk about the Jets' elite scoring and their depth, I think I'm going to freaking puke. Because right now, there's no elite scoring, there's no depth, there's no nothing. And I'm tired of hearing about how great they are from people that don't watch this team every night. I mean, my God. I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers, and you're going to tell us this team has elite scoring? They have guys that have scored at an elite level in the past. And if you want to be honest... We have three or four guys that have put up pretty good numbers this year, but overall, it's just it's it's been an awful month. It's been hard to watch. It's been frustrating. It's been maddening, and I don't understand how Mark Chipman and Kevin Several Day Off can sit there game after game and watch this crap and not do anything about it. I mean, it did it take a, an injury to Cole Perfetti for him to finally get on the phone and, and make a deal for a winger? I mean, I'm glad he did it, and it was a good move. But anybody who's been watching this team regularly knows for a fact that. This slide just didn't happen in the last week to 10 days. And anybody who watches this team on a regular basis will tell you that it started long before the All-Star break, probably around the Christmas break. And some will even say you can see this starting to deteriorate as long as two to three years ago with this core. So it's not a surprise. It seems to be a reoccurring thing. And a lot of people have even said it's starting to look like the Paul Maurice Jets again. And that's a scary thought. Number 18. Yes, the Jets are struggling. Yes, the Jets are frustrating. Yes, the Jets can be maddening. But to hear some of the reactions from the fans, you know, especially on social media, was you know quite bothersome to me. They're talking about tear it down, let's blow it up, let's start the rebuild. Uh, you don't start a rebuild with a team that's 11 games over 500. And if this thing goes sideways the rest this year, yeah, maybe you start thinking about that in the offseason and start uh, moving some of the guys that are on expiring contracts next year. I know Connor Hellebuck's up next year. Uh, Mark Shifley's up next year. Blake Wheeler's contract is off the books next year. So there are options for the organization. Although I can honestly say I, I can't envision this team without Connor Hellebuck. Uh, it would be really, really hard to watch a rebuild without him. But do they owe it to him? They've wasted basically, you know, a lot of his best years and really haven't accomplished much. So, yeah, I believe they're going to have to take a long, hard look at what the future holds for this team. But uh, would I tear it down? No, absolutely not. Would I think about it in the summer? Maybe. In number 19, I write, Generally speaking, Blake Wheeler has a great set of hands. But in the last few weeks, it looks like he's really fighting the puck. And um, I've never seen him bumble so many pucks on plays that he would make with his eyes closed. You know, for me, he hasn't been the same since he came back from this last injury. He has scored a couple nice goals, but he doesn't look as confident with the puck as he used to. And uh, yeah, his his play hasn't been great. You know, in saying that, though, his... uh, his overall numbers for the whole year have been pretty good, but maybe maybe it's time to move on. I don't know. Um, a lot of people say, get rid of Reed or do this, do that. Uh, the problem with Blake Wheeler is 
And you can say all these things, but who who's going to replace him right now? Who do you move up to that wing spot? Uh, sorry to say, I mean, it is what it is, but uh, on this team, Blake Wheeler still is a top six forward. And maybe this is a reflection of Mark Chipman and Kevin Sheveldayoff's loyalty. Loyalty is nice as long as it doesn't cost you wins. And right now, we're not getting a lot of wins, but uh, I'm not going to pin this on Blake Wheeler. I still like him. I still think he's useful. But once again, like I said, this will be something that they might have to revisit in the offseason. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. In random thought number 20, I posed a question. I wonder how much heat Mark Chipman and Chevy are feeling right now. You know, after last season's debacle, they certainly got off the hook with the team's good start, and that earned them some goodwill. But I'll tell you right now, the goodwill has worn off. This fan base is restless, and rightly so. Chevy needs to have a really good week this week. Because if this team shits the bed down the stretch in these last 20-22 games, uh, the fan base is going to be calling for blood. And I don't disagree with them. Right now, Kevin Sheveldayoff is one of the longest tenured GMs that really hasn't accomplished much. And I kind of think the problem with this organization is, like I say, their loyalty. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Mark Chipman has the stones to replace Chevy, fire him. I think they're too close. Uh, a lot of people speculate that uh, Mark Chipman and Kevin Sheveldayoff run the team. And probably Mark Chipman has too much input. So, you know, at times maybe you, you cannot blame Kevin Sheveldayoff for the decisions that he makes because you don't know who's pulling the strings. The problem people see about this team from the outside is nobody really knows who's making the decisions. And uh, it always seems like it's excuse after excuse after excuse. And it took basically Paul Maurice to, to resign or quit on his own. Uh, probably when he should have been fired a couple of years ago. Uh, even and even at that, you heard the stories about that they wouldn't. He did try to resign in the summertime, and they wouldn't accept his uh, his resignation. So, what does that tell you about uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff's uh, place in this organization? And if Mark Chipman is pulling the strings, it'd basically, be like firing himself. So, at what point does an organization have to make a change? Probably when it starts affecting the bottom line. You know, I, I lived through losing Jets 1.0, and I sure as shit don't want to go through that again. It was one of the most gut-wrenching feelings I've ever had about a hockey team. And as much as this team pisses us off and frustrates us, the thought of not having NHL hockey in Winnipeg and this team would be gut-wrenching. And Winnipeg hockey fans are smart. They'll support their team if it's pointing in the right direction but they, <laughs> they won't settle for mediocrity and they won't settle for the same crap year after year. Mark Chipman has to make a tough decision now too. I've said it long ago, uh, if, if you go by the rumors that he's too heavily involved, this team needs to hire president of hockey operations that's in between ownership and the general manager. Let the general manager answer to the president and keep the owners out of it. Now, of course, the owners have to make the money decisions, but they shouldn't be looking at day-to-day uh, -day operations of the product on the ice. That's the coach and general manager's job. I have no first-hand knowledge that Mark Chipman interferes too much in hockey operations, but you hear it from a lot of sources in a lot of places. 
So I'm going to basically go with the old analogy, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. But I think this offseason, and the, I think the rest of this season and this offseason is going to be a big turning point for this team as to the direction and the viability and the success of this franchise because Winnipeg Jets fans will not put up with mediocrity. And basically since our 2018 run, we've been in mediocrity and it's getting tiresome and boring. To be honest, I thought I'd be a lot more frustrated in my random thoughts than I actually was. But like anything else, time heals all wounds. And before I go off the deep end, I want to see what Chevy does at the trade deadline before I start uh, venting. And uh, of course, it's the fan in me always has that hope. Um, the realist in me is undecided. I don't know really know what to expect. Um, like most Jets fans, we have a lot of hope. I just can't see a team with this much talent continue to struggle. Um, there's been lots of good teams and better teams than ours that have had some funny losing streaks in the league this year. So I'm hoping Chevy makes a couple positive moves at, moves at the deadline and we get back on track and uh, start being happy again in Jetsville because it hasn't been happy the last few weeks, that's for sure. Well, it's basically time to wrap it up for this week. So, you know, if you enjoy the podcast or you think I'm an idiot, go, go ahead, hit me up on Twitter or leave a comment in the comment section either in the Random Thoughts article or the Random Thoughts podcast audio version. Uh, we can be found, obviously, at winnipeghockeytalk.com on our website there. You can also find us at Podomatic or Spotify, you know, Amazon, iHeartRadio. Wherever you find your podcast, we should be there. So, for now, I'm going to say thanks for listening. Check us out again next week, and let's wish the Jets good luck and Chevy a good trade deadline.